We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's going on, Colts Nation? Welcome back to another Bring the Juice Colts podcast live stream. Today, guys, we're going to be discussing the Colts 2023 offseason and some scenarios that we think the Colts should address. I'm your host, Eric Larger. Joining me, my guy, Lawrence Owen. Lawrence, how you doing, friend? I mean, it's been a while. It's been a little bit. Um, I've been really busy. Uh, obviously, I got two podcasts that I'm I'm running through, and I got a whole bunch of content that I'm preparing for for the off season. Uh, so you know, it, it's just been a a busy time over the last few weeks. Obviously, you know the way the Colts have have taken a turn for the even the worse over the last eight weeks has just been you know difficult to even you know say anything kind half the time about the <laughs> Indianapolis Colts. So. <laughs> Um, this off season, there are a lot of opinions out there, uh, amongst Colts nation on what we should do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, before we even get into the off season and all this other stuff, I mean, what is your take Ben on, you know, I mean, we really haven't really talked with each other since Saturday was hired as the interim head coach and, you know, things have not gotten better for the Indianapolis Colts. Like they hoped that it would. Uh, at least from a wins perspective, right? Um, so like, what has your take been on this Colts team since midway through the season? Well, I think Saturday was put in a really bad situation. He's got a quarterback room that is awful. Yes. I mean, just straight up awful. Uh, he has three assistants that's no longer here. He's short people on the offensive side of the ball, right? When yes. it comes to, to coaching, uh, so he doesn't have the guys to lean on, the guys to teach, the guys to, you know, talk to and, and things of that nature. Um, so there, that is a problem. And one thing I can say for him, uh, he's kept the spirits of the players up. Uh, the offensive line looks better, which is, you know, one of the reasons I think that he is he has been brought in. Uh, it's just, 
you know, obviously the offensive play in general has not been uh, what we hope for this season, period, end of discussion. Uh, I'm glad, I'm very glad that he hasn't, uh, you know, went in and, and, and tried to do anything with Gus Bradley and that defensive side of the ball because, quite frankly, I think that that defensive side is still playing, has been playing elite football since the beginning of the year all the way up until now. They're just put in a bad spot because – of the well, offense. Yeah, the offense just puts them in bad spots. Yeah, I, I felt the same way. I, I've been defending the defense throughout all of this. I keep telling people, look, if you keep losing the time of possession battle and your defense knows, I mean, these guys talk in the locker room, I'm sure, and with each other, that if you're putting up 10 points a game, I mean, there's at a point the defense is just going to stop caring because they know that they can't continue to keep teams under 20 points and expect their offense to even, you know, figure out a way. I mean, I, I, it sucks that it's become that, but like you said, uh, you got two different channels, man. I mean, you got your regular channel. You've also got the Blevin network with, uh, Gerard powers and you've even had Rodney McLeod on there, uh, as a special guest throughout. No, he's, this a, he's a co-host co-host too. Yeah. So that's been, uh, that's been really cool to see. Like how is, I mean, you've obviously been talking with him and through all of this, like uh, through this season, the way it's been, especially for Rodney, who has come in and has been a good player from a leadership standpoint and from a production standpoint on the defense. I mean, ha what has his attitude been like when you guys talk about this team and how he's doing throughout this whole process right now? Uh, pretty much the same thing he says over and over is just do your job. You know, don't worry about what the offense does on, on the side of the ball. Make sure you do your job. Uh, that way the guys around you on the defense can do their job and, you know, they don't have to worry about you. As long as you're out there doing your job, then the coaches uh, and scouts on other teams and on the team that you're currently on uh, know you know, you know, what you're able to do and, you know, are interested in keeping you on, you know, whether it's here with the Indianapolis Colts or elsewhere, you know, it, it's all about it's all about just doing your specific job on, you know, your side of the ball uh, and and not really worry about the other the other two, you know, position groups. Yeah, I know it's it's far too much to ask him to give away any secrets, especially on how other guys are feeling uh, about the offense. No, a lot of Colts nations just been fed up with the offense in general, but I'm sure, you know, being a great teammate that Rodney McLeod is certainly hope that he's going to stick around for a long time. Uh, so kind of getting into it, obviously there's still a game left to be played. Uh, we know at this point that the Colts could end this season anywhere from the third pick in the NFL draft this year to the sixth pick regarding if they win or lose. It just depends on a few scenarios, but the worst things first is that they could end up getting the sixth pick. Uh, Speaking of the offseason, what is the first thing that you believe the Colts should do or attempt to do when this season is officially over for them? They got to make their decision on that head coach immediately. Uh, I mean, immediately. W within the first two or three weeks, once the season is done. Uh, now, obviously, there might be some guys uh, that are in the playoffs that they can't interview until, you know, their playoffs are done. Right. Uh, which, you know, there's a couple 
names that are obviously in there, even one that a lot of you probably ain't thinking about, but I've got a really close eye on as well. But that is that is the first and foremost thing. Get yourself a, a head coach. Now, personally, me, I think it needs to be an offensive-minded guy. Um, I think it needs to be an offensive-minded guy who's willing to let the defense sit you know, and be as they are, because mm-hmm. in, in my, in my opinion, a lot of these guys on our defense, they're here because of Gus Bradley. Mm-hmm. And if Gus Bradley isn't the DC next year, we probably won't be keeping them around, you know? Uh, so, and, and the way that the defense has played this year, I'd love to keep the defense. So I'd get an offensive minded head coach that would, that, you know, has a, either a good uh, rapport with Gus Bradley or, you know, is just more mindful of fixing the offense and letting the defensive guys take care of themselves. That's that's the first and foremost thing that I, I, I would like to see. Yeah, I mean, that head coaching thing definitely needs to be the right fit. Um, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on who is going to be the best candidate for this. I do have a few names of my own. Um, I will probably give you uh, the benefit of the doubt on this. You talk with some guys that are a little bit more understanding of of which guys are better coaches for this kind of scenario. But I'll kind of just throw a few names out here to you and see how you react to it. I know Colts Nation's been talking about Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I've heard people say that if Harbaugh did want to go to the NFL uh, that Ursay apparently has that as like the number one priority. Like that would be his number one choice. If he could convince Jim Harbaugh to leave uh, it, it depends. Cause I've heard like the Panthers maybe offered him like close to 20 million. I don't know if Ursay is going to do that or not, but um I would say for anyone who's actually in the NFL right now, um, the top two that I would think of in this moment would be uh, Ben Johnson for me. Uh, I like Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator for the Lions. Uh, I think he'd be my number one. And uh, D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator, Now, I knew, I know a lot of people are thinking like, you know, the defensive coordinator being a head coach, you know, we want somebody in here who's going to do more from an offensive standpoint. I just feel that Ryan's, I know he's only a coordinator and I know he's on the defensive side of things, but he has shown to get things out of his players. And I think that's very important as a head coach is to be able to inspire and get your guys to be better at what they were already good at. And of course, if you, if you bring in a good coordinator with Ryan's, then I feel that that could replace some things. But uh, I know a lot of people are saying you should probably try to get an offensive minded guy, especially for the fact that the Colts probably will go looking for their quarterback of the future in this draft. Uh, what do you think of those two guys and who's somebody else that you think the Colts should go after? Well, it's an interesting pick for uh, the Lions offensive coordinator. Uh, I, I can't really argue with that. They are one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL, and that's with Jared Goff at quarterback, right? Yeah. So um, I, I kind of get that. I understand that. The D'Amico Ryans thing, that, that'll be a complete flip. 
for the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have been a zone coverage, do not blitz type defense for like the last eight years, nine, yeah. ten years, uh, yeah. something like that. And D'Amico Ryans is the complete opposite. He blitzes all the freaking time, loves man coverage. Uh, we'll see a, a very, very different defense um, yes. with D'Amico Ryans at head coach. A guy that and, – and then with the hardball thing, I've heard a lot. I've seen a lot of reports um, that Harbaugh's happy in Michigan. You know, I wouldn't doubt it. I mean, of course, like you said, the, if you asked him like three years ago, he probably would have came in right mm -hmm. away because he was doing nothing at Michigan. Really, it, there wasn't anything being accomplished. Even though he's lost in the playoffs two straight years in a row, that Michigan's in a position right now that it hasn't seen itself in in, in over fifteen years. So it's been a while, and he's in a pretty good spot right now. So the guy that I want to throw uh, a name out there that a lot of people probably don't even know the name and, you know, are going to be like, what? Bobby Slowick. All right. Uh, he is the offensive coordinator for the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, he was the offensive pass game specialist uh, since 2017 but behind Mike McDaniel. Uh, and we all know the style of offense that the Niners run is good for any quarterback, any quarterback. And, mm -hmm. and and quite frankly, I think we have the skill position players to pull off what the Niners do on a regular yeah. basis. So uh, I think Slowick, even though he's only been an uh, offensive coordinator for a year um, or, or two years, you know, I think it's just been a year. Yeah. Since, since the beginning of this season, um, I still think that that's a, a young guy, a young offensive-minded guy who understands a system that can not only get yak yards, but big yardage from um, highly skilled position players and and can make any quarterback, any quarterback look good. Yeah, I mean, obviously with, you know, the amount of different quarterbacks that the 49ers have had to deal with this year, you have a rookie quarterback who was deemed Mr. Irrelevant now is out there looking like one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL right now. If you can get that working for you, then, you know, of course he was put into a great situation with all the mm -hmm. talent and the defense helping him out. But of course, you know, that's a big stage. That's a big thing. And to still look really good the way that he has, of course, you know, the coordinators definitely have to be involved. Uh, is there any other offensive coordinators uh, that you would be interested in? Cause I know uh, Ken Dorsey from the bills has his name's been mentioned. They keep bringing up Eric B from uh, the chiefs. Of course, that name gets thrown out there every year for the past five years. Uh, even the Eagles offensive coordinator, he and Nick Sirianni has even given huge praise to him being the one that, uh, you know, he is the one that is mainly the play caller now for them. Like Sirianni has mainly just been the scheme guy and he ends up calling plays all of his own. So is there any of those other ones that interest you at all? I don't know if the enemy will be a head coach this year. I, uh, from what I understood, la the last couple seasons, the enemy has been a very bad interview, right? Throughout yeah, the that's NFL. what I've been hearing because I keep asking my buddies that all the time. I'm like, his name gets floated around as one of the top candidates every mm -hmm. year, but for some reason, it just never goes that way. And I just, I wonder if he even wants to be one or if he just, yeah, or if he just doesn't, 
really show a lot of people uh, some good things, you know? I mean, I've wondered. I will throw in Jeff Saturday's hat in the ring. I know a lot of people are going to look at me and go, you're crazy, but this guy knows people. This guy knows a lot of former players. He know he knows a lot of former coaches, analysts, things of that nature. He's not going to be out there, you know, making call, uh, play calls and things of that. He's managing a game, managing a team. That's what the head coach does. If mm-hmm. he could find him, if he's got a list of names, you know, be like, all right, this is who I want for offensive coordinator. It's going to be, you know, making the play call. So I don't have to, unlike a certain other, you know, offensive call, uh, play caller we had the last few years, yeah. um, you know, and, and, and here's the guy that I want to work with our quarterbacks, you know, here's the guy I want to work with our tight ends. Cause we don't have that anymore as well. You know, uh, I think him as a person just, you know, rallying the team, managing a game, managing the team. He, I think he's, I think he does have a shot. I, I think, I think even Jim Ursay um, has told him, you know what, you know, there's a reason why he said, yeah, I'd like to be the head coach if it's offered to me. I, I think Ursay has said, you know, do you have names? Do you have people? You know, I'm, I'm sure they talk all the time. So we'll mm-hmm. see. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that that would not surprise me at all. Um, you know, it, after they get through this process that they're about to go through, I, I could absolutely imagine that. Because um, like you said, at the top of it, like he was put into an impossible situation. Mm-hmm. The offense was looking like one of the worst offenses in Colts franchise history. And, you know, was put into a situation where he had to re- he had to try to fix this whole thing when it couldn't be, it couldn't have been fixed. There is no way. So it, it's going to be very difficult to see what's going to happen there. But like you said, I mean, if you're going to keep Saturday though, at the end of it all, you got to find a good coordinator. You mm-hmm. have to, especially if you're bringing in one of these quarterbacks that you're about to, that's why I mentioned Ben Johnson off the top, because Ben Johnson, like you said, who is taken who's now been a coordinator with the Lions for two years they've gone two straight years their offense is not only improved but it's now maybe the best offense in the NFL right now and you said it with Jared Goff of all people right like people threw him to the side and now they have the number one vertical offense in the NFL and I could only imagine if you got one of these quarterbacks in the draft to have a quarterback especially if we were going to get like Stroud or Levis or one of these guys that love to throw the ball vertically I mean that just feels like a really great scenario for me uh what about like the coaches that are currently here now do you believe that there are a few of these guys that maybe like need to be reconsidered on this team or any other position coaches that need to be like readdressed because we've talked about the offensive line we've talked about you know, receiving, I mean, Reggie's even gone on the account said, Hey, listen, I'll stay if they ask me to, but I'm not going to stay unless they ask me to be here again. I'd bring Reggie back, uh, from the film. Mm-hmm. I, I think the, the wide receivers have been absolutely outstanding outside of a few drops, uh, Michael Pittman jr. Playing double and triple teams, you know, guys on his back constantly because they know that he's the number one target. So teams are, you know, doubling and tripling him all the time. And yet he's still, uh, for the most part, pulling through Paris Campbell, uh, has been stellar. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. he's open literally 75% of his routes. Yeah. It's just the quarterbacks don't throw to him. 
Exactly. I've been saying that all year long. I've been saying it. He's open. Just throw him the dang ball. Man. I don't know. I don't know how many times I'm like, well, there's an incompletion uh, right there to a triple covered Michael Pittman Jr. But if you look 20 yards downfield, you see Paris Campbell wide open in wide the open. same view, you know, yep. of the quarterback. I'm just like, what are you doing? Um, uh, I want Strausser gone. Uh, I, I understand that, you know, he's part of the old regime uh, from back in the day and he's buddies with, uh, you know, I don't know if he's buddies, but, you know, he was he was here uh, when Saturday was playing. So, yeah. you know, um, I, I still I don't like what Strausser's done now. Granted, the offensive line has gotten better since since Saturday's been here, but still oh, uh, new quarterback coach. We get we got to get a new quarterback coach. Uh, straight up. Yeah. Uh, there's, yeah, a there's lot no, of things. No... A lot of things there with that, with the offensive, everything, you know, O line, a QB coach, everything. And it's one of those situations. I mean, I, me personally, I don't expect to see Matt Ryan or Nick Foles on this roster uh, come this next season. I think one way or the other, you got to get Matt Ryan to either retire or to cut him. Uh, financially, it just makes no sense to have him on the roster next year anyway. Um, and Nick Foles ain't going to do nothing for us. So keep Ellinger as your backup and, you know, bring in another quarterback. And we'll talk about uh, some bridge quarterbacks that you said that you're interested in talking about. But before we do that, give me your thoughts on Chris Ballard. And do you believe Ursay's word when he says that Ballard will be here throughout the offseason and into next year. And what do you think Ballard needs to do to stay on the right side of Jim Ursay here? I 100% believe Jim Ursay. Um, he has built a hell of a roster. Uh, granted, uh, the quarterback position has been uh, in that situation where it's just a rotating door over the last five, six years. But, you know, in, in his defense, who was he supposed to get at those times? Right. I mean, it, it is known last year. He, he was, he wanted Deshaun Watson, but the I've, heard, were- I've heard that there's been several times those, that group chose to not go rookie quarterback. And now I think because, it's because yes. uh, they went, they, they, they did not go rookie quarterback because they didn't like what was going to be available to them at that time. And uh, the only one that I could say, you know, that they probably could have got was probably Jalen Hurts. And who really thought Jalen Hurts was going to come out and ball the way he's balled? You know, that that's that's the issue. Outside of that, where were they supposed to go? They would have had to trade three first-round picks, basically, in order to get up because they didn't have, you know? So, yeah, I mean, yeah, and, and, it's and, one of those situations. You Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. I mean, mm-hmm. hindsight is twenty twenty, right? Like, you try to – you can look back on it now and say like, you know, we said we've been talking about Justin Fields and we're like, you know, Ballard said he liked Justin Fields, but that he didn't want to take the risk of, of training up to go and get him. Mm -hmm. Obviously hindsight 2020, you see it now he's, he's playing at a really elite level. If you get him some more help, but you know, at that time I get it. It's you're weighing your, you're weighing the possibilities with each other and it's difficult it's difficult to be a gm because i think a lot of people under don't understand is that it is easy to throw 
these chaos scenarios of betting your immediate future on a quarterback, right? And it's mm-hmm. it's because the Rams did it, right? Because the Rams did it the one time and they were got lucky enough to win the Super Bowl. Like it worked for them. Ballard was did. in on Matt Stafford too. But, you know, but now, <laughs> but now, like they're you know they're they're a laughing stock. Their whole thing is corrupted now. I mean, they're going to spend several years trying to fix themselves now. Uh, it's it's difficult because if he did if he did do that and then it failed, then everyone would just be yelling at him for the same exact opposite reaction. Well, it's like okay, so in order to trade up from like the twentieth or the sixteenth pick, it, it would be ridiculous to, to to move up to number five, you know, to say get right, yeah, or something. Tough. And literally seventy five percent of every quarterback drafted in the first two rounds of, of the NFL drafts has not been a starter in the NFL by their fourth season. Yeah. So it's a 75% failure rate, right? At quarterback. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're taking a 25% chance to give two or three first round picks to move up that much into a draft. It's just not worth it. Most of the time, the only way to do that is if it's a for sure pick. You know, you're that you're not going to lose something of that nature. Now, this year, they're a, they're a top 10, you know, going to be a top six uh, pick in the draft. So th- they're going to have a little bit of wiggle room. So if they want to um, take a chance on, on somebody, whether whoever's there, uh, whether it be Stroud or Young, uh, and they want to go do that, then I, I think that they have the firepower to move up. They can like offer a, a player plus their pick or a player or, or, or their pick and maybe next year's you know, first or something, you know, so absolutely. Um, But Ballard for the most part outside of, you know, not finding the long-term answer for quarterback has built a pretty darn good roster and you don't want to lose that. You don't want to lose him with his talent evaluators, you know, because you lose Ballard, you lose all of our scout scouters. We we lose Ed Dodds. We lose Morocco Brown. You know, these guys are staying here. And those are two guys that should probably be GMs at another spot too. Like that's how good they've been. They've turned down jobs as GMs because they like sitting behind Ballard. They've said that because they like this team. So, yeah. It's just been tough. It's been tough because, you know, the criticism of Ballard has definitely been pretty warranted. Like you said, the quarterback position, the number one position, he has failed to readdress that since Andrew Luck retired. You know, that's that's been unfortunate. It's been tough to deal with, but, you know, that's something he's going to have to get through. He has to now, he has to know that it is time to do that now, that you can't hide behind it anymore. And I think the only other real bad thing about Ballard has been over the last season and a half, really, there's been a few contracts that are now going to come back to bite him a little bit. Um, You know, that some contracts that are going to need to be reworked if some guys are not going to be playing at the level that he's paying them at. You know, particularly on the offensive line. I mean, obviously, it's the most paid offensive line in the NFL. And for what it did this year, I mean, obviously, Matt Pryor being in there was a huge problem. Uh, And then, you know, letting a few of those guys go in the offseason probably wasn't a great idea. But, you know, some contracts are going to need to be reworked. I think this year he just he let a few contracts go that probably shouldn't have been. 
but again, you, you hit and miss on a lot of things. We've had guys, you know, leave or not come here because of being low balled. And now a couple of guys are getting paid too much for their worth. I mean, I, I could even bring up the Moali Cox contract. He's getting paid $8 million to not do anything except block. Uh, I mean, when you're getting paid that much money as a tight end, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be uh, getting paid $8 million a year to catch one pass game. As, and that's and 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 that's not his fault, you know. Yeah, that's exactly. Not You're right. Like getting it's not, yeah, that, Ballard, that's, Ballard expected him to be more involved in the offense than what he actually was. See, I mean, he's he's out there. He's got the yeah. snaps, but he's blocking because the offensive line has been that bad. You yeah. Know? So he's yeah, been so. pretty much portrayed from being a receiver slash blocker to being solely a blocker because the offensive line is under underperformed. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. You know, it, it's just, it's been that, you know, it's been, it's been a rough season for off season for Ballard. And even though you're right, I agree. He's like, he's built a relatively good roster. If you just find the answer, an answer at quarterback, I think that you can fix a lot of these problems. Um, but you know, I, I asked this about, uh, with Cody and I want to get your opinion on this. Um, with this coaching hiring going on, you know, Ballard was the one that wanted to bring in uh, Josh McDaniels, right? And we saw how that has turned out. Um, and then, of course, that led to Frank Reich and everything else. But I do question, you know, Ballard's thought process and decision-making on which court or which coach should be the one running this because – you know, if and it felt like, you know, Ursay over this year, you know, made that decision to hire Jeff Saturday it without the consult of Chris Ballard. And now it feels like Ursay, even then, when they're asking him about this stuff, you know, Ursay is talking about it like as if it's his decision. And now, of course, owners have decisions or have, uh, weight in those decisions of course they do it's their ball clubs but i i but normally the gms are the ones that are leading that process and their scouts and their people are leading that decision making but right now it feels like it's ursay ruling that decision uh I, I do wonder like you know how do you think that is going down with ballard and ursay because it seems like there's a I don't know if there's a lot of trust there right now because of what transpired before. I don't know how to feel about it. And I don't know if I trust Ballard's decision on who the right coach is based off of who his candidates oh. were the last time that he tried to hire people. Well, honestly, I, I think Frank Reich was a fantastic hire. I think Frank yeah. Reich is a great head coach. He was just in a bad situation, you know, with the Colts. I mean, he had new quarterback every freaking year. Uh, it's amazing that they were even, even able to stay above 500, you know, for, for all that time, in my opinion. Um, I didn't like the firing of Frank Reich. Uh, as for Josh McDaniels, I agree. You can look at him and see, you know, his tenure with the, the, the Niners and be like, uh, or not Niners, but um, the Raiders. The Raiders. Yeah. Raiders. Uh, picturing the Raiders, Niners came out of my mouth. <laughs> it's all good. I just, I knew, I knew I didn't like it from the beginning of it, anyways. No I, one I didn't did. Even and as Raiders. a Colts fan, 
No one wanted him. Yeah, nobody wanted him from the get-go. No, yeah. because you're a Colts fan and he was a Patriot. But Well, no, he, no, no, no. I knew that from like I knew from his head coaching his experience prior to that. You know, he started the hit started six and oh, and then from that point forward, you know, lost about 70% of his games after that. So, you know, and a lot of people said that, you know, he's not a very agreeable guy and things of that nature. Yeah. So, you know, and I think a lot of people are thinking the same thing when they hear the, the Belichick tree of coaches, right? A lot of times they don't perform insanely well uh, with head coaching jobs in the NFL right now. So I, think- I didn't want him from the get go and it just checks out now because what we're seeing with the Raiders, but you know, either way it, it well, still even- serves as a wonder if Ballard should be the one leading this coaching surge or if it should be Ursay. Well, to be fair um, in, in, mcdaniel's defense just because he failed in one or two places doesn't mean that he would have failed here you know i mean every place is completely different you know different atmosphere different players different coaches different everything uh so you know you know you never know there's there's been times when you know head coaches win super bowls at another uh, other teams and then gets you know hired somewhere else and you know utterly fail so it, it is what it is um now, I, I personally did not like the uh, the the choice of McDaniel's, but that's that's just a personal choice, and that's that's how it works. I, I, again, I liked Frank Reich uh, with the Saturday thing. He probably, I mean, it was an intern. It was an intern was head intern. coach. You know, yeah. so you know that's. I don't see an issue there really, you know, with the whole, you know, well, I didn't go with Ballard cause I wanted Jeff Saturday in here just to get the culture back, get the room back. You know, I don't, because let's face it. I mean, this is a team we've been very proud of our locker room and our culture for years. Mm-hmm. And I, I feel like Ursay was not seeing that uh over the last you know beginning of the year this past year and he wanted someone to bring that culture from back in you know back in the day that knew how to knew how to bring that locker room in and Mm. you know ballard didn't get a say in it it is what it is you know i'm sure ballard will have uh plenty of say in in who's actually hired uh now um as the long-term head coach now the interviews the interviews generally Anytime a head coach is interviewed, it's with the owner and the GM or the president, uh, you know, CEO, whatever. Those are the guys that do the interviews for the head coaches. And it's generally a, uh, it's not just a GM thing. It is an owner thing too. And, and they generally, you know, they, they usually a coach comes in, they sit down and you got three executives, sometimes four executives, uh, with that team that is interviewing that person for the head coaching position. So, uh, it, it's it, it's more of a group effort than a, a single mind when it comes to hiring a head coach. Very true. All right. Well, we talked about the coaching thing. We've set our piece with that. Now we kind of have to go to the off season and about what kind of moves this Colts team's actually going to make. Um, you said to me before we started that you thought there was actually some quarterbacks in this free agency class that 
could actually be of interest for the Colts, even if they were going to go quarterback in this draft. Now, I know a lot of Colts Nation, who, and by the way, there's 170 of you in here right now. Thank you very much. Be sure to like the stream. Uh, I know a lot of people in this stream may not want to hear you say this argument, but we got to hear it from you. Uh, why don't you go ahead and explain to me why you think that there's some quarterbacks here that might actually be a good idea for the Colts to maybe get? Me personally, my number one rule when it comes to having a quarterback is they need to be a 10-year starter, right? They, they need to be able to play 10 years. So no one over 30, okay? No one over 30. Um, and then they need to have shown that they can, they at least can be a top 10 quarterback, right. To be a free agent pickup, uh, or have cause they have been a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. Now, obviously there's a lot of rumors going around right now with Lamar Jackson and, you know, the, the Ravens, you know, maybe not going to re-sign him because, uh, you know, they have question marks about, uh, his, work habits uh if lamar jackson hits the free agent market throw the book at him uh, yeah i would uh, imagine so unless uh, they unless they offer him you know 50 million guaranteed i know i i get that but i mean that that's that is a game-changing quarterback in the nfl you know oh it is uh is he the best passer in the nfl no but his his ability uh to extend plays and be electric and and, and things of that nature make him, you know, a top five quarterback in the NFL, uh, maybe the best football player overall in the NFL. Right. Um, uh, not saying he's the best passer by any means. Um, and I know there's I mean, a couple guys in here that's going to argue with me and get well, mad. Well, I mean, I would argue, you know, he's not had a lot of great weapons. I mean, he has had, you know, Mark Andrews, which has become, you know, a really good thing for him. But from a vertical wide receiver threat that, you know, gets open consistently, doesn't have a ton of those. He had Hollywood Brown for years. He did have Hollywood Brown. And there's and then Hollywood leaves and goes to another team. Throwing him and things mm -hmm. of that nature. I, I do question. I talked with my buddy about this and um, he says that he doesn't believe that Amar is going to last another five years in the NFL because, um, the way that he plays, right? Like his style of being a quarterback is just not sustainable for the kind of thing that teams want. Now he might still be in the NFL, but his, <clears throat> you know, like his abilities, like at, in another three or four years is just not going to be a good thing anymore. So it's, you, it's a question mark. It's a I'll, question mark with the durability. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you what Gerard told me that threw me over the fence for Lamar because I was under the same impression. He said, okay, so he gets a little older. He's going to learn not to take hits. He's going to slide more often. Mm -hmm. So he gets a little older and his legs ain't going to be as fast. He, instead of being a four, three runner, he's going to be a four, four runner. He'll still be the fastest guy on the field. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, that <laughs> even, even if he slows down a little, it's kind of like, you know, how Michael Vick, right. You know, mm. Michael, Michael Vick became a better passer because he wasn't running as, as much, you know, mm -hmm. he, he became a better passer overall in his later time. Mm -hmm. I think Lamar Jackson still will be a dynamic player, even close to 30. It's yeah, just, true. he could be. Yeah. It's just, you know, 
he's going to have to learn to not take the hits that he has in the past. And I think the injuries that he's had over the past year and a half will help him in learning that, you know, because we didn't start seeing Andrew Luck start sliding and stuff like that until what his sixth season. Yeah, it was it was quite a few years of uh, some unnecessary hits before he learned. Yeah, try not to take those right. Exactly. I I always try to refer to like the Cam Newton thing. You know, Cam Newton was the same way for a long time. That was his offense. Then you know he started trying to learn to slide, but even then it was still getting to a point where you're still taking late hits because he still wasn't sliding early enough or getting out of bounds enough. It was just yeah, it's a. It's a thing of him trying to change his game, but you're right. Like he's so dynamic right now that even if he became a little less dynamic, doesn't mean that he's not dynamic anymore. He's just exactly. that much more dynamic than everyone else on the football field. So. That, that it, it, it's just that's the case, you know. Um, it, it's it's kind of like when you know, say Kansas City. Remember, remember uh, Joe Montana. You know, uh, ended up hurting his shoulder. Uh, left the 49ers, went to Kansas City. Uh, Even at his older age, after the shoulder injury, he was still, because he was such a dynamic thrower of the football, he was still as good as every other quarterback in the NFL, you know, that were top 10 because of that. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's just, this is a little bit different on the different aspect with the legs of Lamar Jackson. There's another player I want to talk about in free agency. And every time I brought him up, I've had a lot of people look at me cross-eyed. And um, I was saying this before we played them last week. Daniel Jones is a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. I'm not going to laugh at you. I'm not going to laugh at you, but go ahead and go ahead and explain to the people. Okay. Uh, He has the least interception percentage in the NFL. He does not turn the football over at all. He is second in the NFL in rushing yardage only behind, um, you know, uh, he's got over seven, he's got 700 yards rushing as a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Uh, He has over 67% completion percentage. Yeah. He has. And he literally just did what he did to a potential top 10 defense with no wide receiver help whatsoever. He has a top 10 passer rating and a top 10 QBR. It's a question mark of do (laughs) the giants actually keep him around though? I mean, they've seen seen what they've seen from him this year. I don't know if they'll let him walk. I don't know either, Uh, but he is a free agent currently next year, you know, but Daniel Jones has done all this stuff. Slayton being his best receiver. Yeah. He, yeah. He's not had good receivers at all, especially, uh-uh. especially this year. He's had no wide receiver help. Uh, I mean, arguably his best receiver has been Saquon Barkley. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, and of course, if you know, he came to Indy, you know, he'd just be switching one great running back for another great running back. Right. And Jonathan Taylor. So, you know, there's that's that. I mean, I, I don't know. I would be a little hesitant to think he could be one, but I do agree with you that if he had if he had the weapons like what Indy has right now, even right now with Michael Pittman, Alec Pierce, and Paris Campbell, and with some of the tight end weapons that are out there right now, no doubt that he could improve his numbers a little bit right now. Well, here's here's another little thing. All right. In my opinion, Daniel Jones, when he came out in the draft, was equal to 
the top two guys in this draft. Hmm. All right. And most people did. I mean, there's a reason why he was a top five pick in the draft, right? Daniel Jones was. So, and now he's got four years in the NFL. He's got the experience. He's got that under his belt already. You don't have to mm-hmm. wait for that for him to to blossom and grow because he's already done that and he's even getting better. So, you know, you're skipping the learning period of a young quarterback as well. If by chance you end up picking up Daniel Jones, I'm just saying. Um, and I am Parker's saying, can you comment on Dan uh, Daniel Jones's turnovers uh, from fumbles since joining the league? Absolutely, his rookie year he led the NFL with 19, and it has dropped dramatically year after year after year. Yeah, to the point where it's right now it's, he has the second least fumbles in the NFL. Yeah, it's uh, like you can't starting quarterback. You can't bring up a rookie stats very often when you're trying to talk about like Peyton Manning led the league in interceptions his rookie year. Everyone yeah. want to throw him out outside of the bus because he did that? No, he was a rookie. Okay, yeah. it takes a while to get used to, especially when you came into a dumpster fire of an organization like what the Giants were three years ago. Now they've got a better GM. They've got a really good head coach that believes in their players. And it's why the Giants, who have virtually no offensive weaponry, are, you know, still putting up uh, or now putting up 25 points a game on people because their coach believes in them and they're working the system right. Exactly. He had 19 his rookie year. He cut that in half his his sophomore year at 10. And then seven. And this year, six. For a full season, he's only had six fumbles. And that's that's strip sacks and everything. Okay. Mm-hmm. And and that's that's pretty impressive. He literally has the least turnovers of any starting quarterback who's played at least 13 games this year of any quarterback in the NFL. The least. That's that's some impressive numbers right there. And he's just gotten better and better and better. His interception percentage, rookie year, 2.6 then 2.2, then 1.9. This year, 1.1, best in the NFL. Best yeah, in the I've NFL. noticed that, that his, yeah, his interception numbers, like Matt Ryan could only dream of that. Completion <laughs> percentage, completion percentage, 61.9 as rookie year, then 62.5, 64.3. This year, 67.2. He with, is literally. The f- little, with the fewest amount of help from his wide receivers yet and has still yeah. increased his completion percentage. Literally, year after, we talked about Josh Allen and how if he kept getting better and better and better that he was going to be a dynamic football player. Daniel Jones is the same way. He's just kept getting better and better and better every year and without the weapons that Josh Allen has, you know? So, you know, uh, that's that's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd agree with him being a top 10, but you're right. It does. You do have the argument of there has been consistent improvement. I think um, I think just people are not wanting a retread or wanting somebody else from in the league. Of course, you know, when people have their minds made up about that, that's just going to be what it is. Real quick to UCF Jaguar, who do y'all got in the AFC South Championship game tonight? Um, I'm taking the Jags, man. Give me the Jags. I like what I like what uh, Trevor Lawrence has done through the last like seven weeks of the season. I think he's had what like uh, almost twenty touchdowns in the last <clears throat> seven games and has really been playing outstanding football. And I, I think that they're more complete now. I will say this, you know, Derrick Henry has been going crazy these last several weeks. So we'll see if uh, you guys are able to stop him or not. 
Uh, I got the Jags by 17. All right. So you have them blowing them out. Jesus. I might have to bet on that if you're so confident in it. Jeez. Okay. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, Malik, Malik Willis is, or no, Malik Willis isn't playing, is he? He's, uh, who's playing for them right now? Who's playing quarterback for the Titans right now? Is it? Um, um, Dobbs. Oh, Dobbs. Yeah, that's right. Forgot about that. Yeah. It's like, yeah, poor Malik. Anyway, um, Okay, if this, so was, if this was in Tennessee, it'd be a little bit different. I think it'd be a closer game, but it's in Jacksonville. This is good. It's good. Yeah, be a monster we'll have to out. deal with that. All right. So <laughs> you said uh, you said Daniel Jones. We were talking about Lamar Jackson earlier. Um, I, I appreciate the takes on those. I know some people don't want to hear it. Um, what's your thoughts on um, the whole Derek Carr thing coming up again? Obviously, it sounds like his time in. Uh, with the Raiders is coming to an end. I know Ballard was really key on Carr last year as well. Uh, last couple years. Um, look, I think Carr is still a really good quarterback. He's borderline top 10 borderline. I think he had 12, 13, somewhere in that general vicinity. Yeah. Um, he's a, he's a darn good quarterback and it's just, he's just not the guy that a certain Raiders head coach was wanted there. He, he made it clear the day he walked in. You know, and it wasn't just him. It was other people too. You know, the, the coach before him, you know, Gruden didn't really want Carr, you know, uh, but Carr has been nothing but just a leader, you know, over the last few years. I mean, look what he did last year under the mess that the Raiders were under, you know, and then ends up, you know, pulling the team together, basically puts the whole team on his shoulders and wills them to the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then this year with the way this team has pretty much was a dumpster fire in the first six weeks. Oh yeah. Dumpster fire. Now look at them. You know, they've won, they've won the majority of their games the last eight, nine weeks. So, you know, ever since the Indianapolis Colts game, they I like lost one game, I think. So he had, okay. So to answer this right here, Waller was hurt the entire year. So was Renfro the entire year, pretty much. Uh, Waller just came top back, running last back week. top running back in the league from week from the weeks 10 to now when the season for them was practically over uh again like you could say whatever you want their season was over when uh Josh mm-hmm. Jacobs started playing at the level that he's at that's on coaching as it car can only do so much it's when the team just gives up on it I mean there's only so much that your quarterback can do. But I put Carr and Mayfield and guys like that in the in the um in the category of you get those guys as veteran leaders and still go after that top quarterback in the draft. A top, you know, one of the top two quarterbacks in the draft and you let them sit there and then whoever wins in the offseason or in preseason training camp can start this year, you know. Mm-hmm. And I'd be okay with that. That's something I would, Jacoby Brissett is another one of those quarterbacks. I'd be okay with that. You know, Brissett wasn't a bad quarterback here with the Colts. You know, mm-hmm. he just, he didn't like taking shots downfield, uh, mm-hmm. even though he had a cannon for an arm, but he was a great locker room presence, great leader, great, you know, uh, didn't turn the football over, that kind of stuff. Uh, he played very well with the Browns, you know. Uh, Parker, I don't think this stat, I don't think this stat Parker really, uh, indicates exactly what you think it does. 
Okay. The fact that they're only five fumbles apart, but Carr has played about 26 more games, I think is exactly uh, the opposite of what you're intending for it to be. Uh, but anyway, uh, the Derek Carr thing, I doubt it'll happen. I doubt it um, too. But when, when we're talking about this team, I think everyone is under the same impression that the Colts need to go and get their quarterback of the future. They absolutely do. Draft, especially now because you're hoping that whatever your quarterback situation is, whatever your head coaching situation is next year, you have a new revitalized group. You're hoping that you won't have to be in this situation for a long time, at least from a draft position perspective. You know, like I said before, worst case scenario, they're going to finish in the top six. So prime position that if they were going to go for a quarterback, this is one of those situations where you can do it. Um, I'll ask you, do you think that they would trade up from where their current position is and then give me a rundown on who you believe the Colts will most likely try to target, whether it be from trading up or just from where the position that they're at right now? I don't think they trade up. Don't think they trade up. I think think they're going to stay at five or six. The only way that they trade up is if someone I think needs a center. Um, or maybe, you know, something of that nature, you know, cause Ryan Kelly, I think we have a good backup and Pinter in that situation. It would free up a little bit of money for us. Plus, you know, I, I get that, that, that Kelly hasn't been playing his best football over the last year and a half, but it's been since, you know, uh, not just him. Um, but I just, I, just wonder, I don't, I don't I do see. question it because it's like, you know, you're at six, maybe, I mean, you're going to be in the top six, but you didn't have to question, you know, how many other teams that are either right in front of them or right behind them are going to go and try and get one, especially with, you know, we know Houston's going to, you know, I honestly, well. I honestly, I think it'll take more than two first round picks to get into the top three this this year because of how overvalued how overvalued quarterbacks are right yes. now um you would need to give your first round pick even even if it's number six you would have to give this year and next year plus some extra i think to get top three you might and, have to and i don't think any of these quarterbacks are worth that much I don't think they're worth that chance, especially look, this is a better draft than last year. Oh, a hundred percent. Cause Kenny but Pickett not, was the only one. It's not better than the year before. And that's what, you know, Mac Jones and them, you know, uh, or, you know, it's not better than the year that uh, Herbert and them came out in, you know? Uh, so th- this, this draft doesn't have a guarantee. That's no, my not. that's my issue. That's my problem. You you don't trade your future away for a coin flip. You know that's that's the problem um, that that I have with that. So I, think I would sit pat and see who falls. Guess that's true. I think the only thing I would think of is I think that if you were asking 
if you are asking the Colts to trade away two first rounders and uh outside of this year, then I would say that's going to be a problem. I have no problem with saying, okay, you want, you want my first rounder next year, maybe like a third next year or something like that. I have no problem taking that chance. I have no problem taking that chance. If you are going to go and get the likes of uh, Bryce young or CJ Stroud, we obviously know that you stand that you don't believe either one of these guys is a guarantee. It is what it is. I think that it comes down to the fact of who they have as a coach. That's going to make a big difference in that matter. Um, you know, like I- I'll agree with you that if, you know, the Colts go and get somebody like D- D'Amico Ryans or uh, Leslie Frazier or something, and then don't get a good coordinator to back them up then you're putting that quarterback into a bad situation because you need somebody that's going to be able to, uh, you know, enhance their abilities and develop them correctly. Cause like you said, I mean, every one of these guys has an issue that they're all going to have to fix one way or the other. I wouldn't pick, I wouldn't pick Bryce young in this draft at all. Really? If, If it was me personally, no, he's too much like Kyler Murray. I would agree with you. I'd agree with you a little bit on that. Uh, I mean, everyone knows my Ohio State bias uh, with CJ Stroud, but um, I mean, you do. You did say though, if the Colts decide not to trade up, yeah. Do you think that you know Will Levis or Anthony Richardson would be still available there at six? Oh, I think I think Richardson was a late first round pick. I think I think Richardson ends up being a late first round. You I, don't think that anyone in the league is going to be is going to just pull their balls up and just say, all right, let's go do this. I think think somebody will. I don't think so. I don't think so. Now, Levis, maybe. I think Levis could end up going in the top 10. Um, But uh, now, to be fair, I've only seen a couple games from each of these guys this year because I haven't watched a whole crap ton of, you know, college football this year, being that I've been solely focused on the NFL. I right. go into college once I get into the college all 22. I start calling calling up and emailing colleges and asking for their all 22 for a few games mm-hmm. uh, once the NFL season is over with. So uh, I'll have a much, much better personal opinion of each of these quarterbacks probably, you know, mid-January. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, that's, that's maybe late January, actually. Um, uh, yeah, late January, mm-hmm. early February. Yeah. Gotcha. Brian Williams with the $5 super chat. Thank you, Brian. Uh, imagine if the Colts sign Lamar Jackson and then draft Will Anderson, probably not going to happen, but we all have dreams and hopes right now. Absolutely. Everybody does. Hey, listen, that would fix our quarterback and give us a guaranteed, uh, edge rusher that, you know, is going to solidify, uh, that edge rush for a long time. And, you know, you then can move Dio Dangbo into the middle uh, a lot more often and put him where he needs to be. Uh, I do want to say something real quick. Yeah. I know a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on combine numbers. All the scouts, players, GMs that I've heard talk to or heard them talk about put much less emphasis on combine or pro days than they do the film. Right. Yeah, 100%. That's what you should do. 
Uh, you, you look at the film before you look at anything. Every um, time, yeah. Every time. Because, you know, combine numbers lie sometimes. Uh, straight up. Uh, yeah. F- for instance, Daniel Jones is faster than 4.8 runner. You know, mm-hmm. so is Darius uh, Shaquille Leonard. You know, mm-hmm. they're both faster. And they were, they both ran 4.8 combines. But they're much faster than that because they were hurt when they ran. Mm-hmm. You know, so these guys are out here. They're playing, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to run these combines. You're not realizing, oh, well, he's got a slightly, you know, pulled hammy or or uh, he's got a, a kink in his shoulder when he's throwing the football or something like that. You look at the film and you go by what the film shows you, because the film shows you play speed, his true accuracy, in-game accuracy, his knowledge yeah. on the film, stuff like that. That's 100%. why I, 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 I put so much. Uh, emphasis on game film than I do over combine and, and pro uh, pro day numbers. Yeah. I, I love watching the combine and stuff yeah. like that. I mean, it's fun to watch these guys, you know, put on the show that they do. And, you know, and, and sometimes like even sometimes it could be the reversal. Sometimes when you see these guys run, like what we saw Jelani Woods do in the combine this last year, nobody realized how fast he was until we saw him <laughs> without pads running a straight line and that boy could fly like that just that's something that puts you on the radar but you're right like i mean that's the problem nowadays is you know i hear people say like you need to go for the guy who's fast you need to go for the guy that's this you need to go for the guys that no i want to find the guy that when he was playing one on one with somebody on the outside did he beat his man? Did he overpower his man? What did, and he made a better throw than the guy that's guarding him. Like what, what did they do in games matters a mm-hmm. ton more than any measurable that any guy could ever put up. Agreed. Agreed. Um, just combine numbers, combine the, the biggest combine stat. I think that is the eye opener is your three cone. That is the yeah. one that you oh, yeah. really 100%, need to keep an eye yeah. on. The scouts will tell you, like the GMs and the scouts will tell you, that's actually the one thing they always look at for everyone more than any other one. The the 40-yard dash is the one thing everyone looks at, mm-hmm. but the actual people who actually draft these people, you're right. The three-cone, that shows more of your explosiveness and your ability to get open. It shows your explosiveness. It shows your change of direction speed. It shows your uh, uh, agility. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, the three cone is the number one thing to keep an eye on. If you get if you, if you got a guy running a three cone under seven, he's got a good he's 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 got a good good uh, ability there. Yeah, a hundred percent. I agree with you. Um, okay, so as far as um like the draft and everything else. We'll probably go for a few more minutes here and then we'll finish it up. We've talked about uh, the coaching process and uh, what we should do to go into the draft. But um, is what other position do you believe the Colts should be looking to attack in this draft? Obviously they got to get a quarterback, but outside of that, there's a whole other draft that needs to, happen and say somehow some way they may not get the guy that you know that they want or if you know for some reason that the top four quarterbacks go inside the top five and they miss them then like what what else should the Colts do all right so a lot of it has to do with who ends up being the head coach and if Gus Bradley is here if Gus Bradley is here and we ended up re-signing uh Yannick Ngakwe then the 
number one edge rusher is not so big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But if he ends up leaving, we need a number one edge rusher. All right. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, we got defensive tackles and we got edge rushers for you know the uh strong side but we don't have a speed edge rusher outside of Yannick Ngakwe uh mm-hmm. we don't have a nine or a seven um so that you know if if, if if all of those are gone we've not had a top 10 edge rusher pick since Dwight Freeney mm-hmm. and those that that's where you get those guys all of these yeah. big bad MFers that are edge rushers are top ten edge rushers in yeah. the draft. You, you know, everybody says, "Well, I, I, you know, I want a Bosa or I want a Watt or they're all top ten or a Chase, you know, Young or something mm-hmm. like that." You know, you those are all top ten guys. So if all the quarterbacks are gone by the time the Colts pick, that's a guy that I would keep an eye on. Um, Dio is not a Y nine or a Y seven. Okay. He is look, Dio is a defensive tackle or, or, um, he is a strong side edge rusher. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dio is not a speed guy. He's, he's more like DeForest Buckner, you know, mm-hmm. Dio is absolutely almost exactly like he's, he's almost a copy print yeah. of, of DeForest Buckner. Um, so, uh, great depth he could be a starter you know absolutely just not at that speed outside edge rusher position um mid-round third fourth fifth you got to get yourself a right guard you got to you're going to pick up a solid starting right guard at that position look will price has gotten better he's still not in my i mean he's he's borderline bottom end starter i would like to have a mid starter at that, at that position, I think we'll be fine there. Left tackle is another position that we, we could go high in, uh, in this draft. You know, people will, we already have so much money on the, on the offensive line. Think about this. If you're picking up a left tackle right now, he's under a rookie contract. By the time you have to pay him, all the other contracts on that offensive line are done. All of them. Gotcha. So it won't matter. You know, people talk about we already spend so much. It won't matter you know, at this point in time. So, but I do, I I think Bernard Ryman has gotten better this year and Mm -hmm. could be the long-term starter, but I don't want to put all my eggs in, in, in just the Ryman basket. You know, I, 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 you know, they talk about you need competition, go get stinking competition. Yeah. You know, they definitely need to build that left tackle spot. Cause you're right. Cause Ryman's now the only competent, left tackle over mm-hmm. there at this point. They have to go and get somebody absolutely to fill that backup spot. Maybe now they can get somebody that actually has had some experience at the position, you know, because even Ryman with his one year in the NFL still will have less games experience than most other guys coming into the league this year. So, He's got three and a half years total. You know, at the end of this season, he'll have three and a half years of being an offensive lineman. I mean, yeah. So I expect him to just get better and better and better, but also he's like, what, 26, 27 now? He's I mean, 26. He's, yeah. Yeah. I mean, so he's, yeah, now. he's part way through his career already and yeah. he's just in his first year in the NFL. So yeah, it'll be interesting. So, um, okay. So let's just kind of to end this, let's just kind of recap it. I'm just going to ask you, 
your best case, your dream scenario, if you could have it any way that you wanted for coach, quarterback, uh, other draft pick that you would want to have, and maybe like a free agent or something at another position that you hope the Colts could get. It doesn't have to be <clears throat> realistic, just who you would want. Uh, so at head coach, who's your who's your dream scenario for them to have? Sean Payton. Sean Payton? Okay. All right. Hey, <laughs> listen, there's been rumors, okay? The, the Broncos and the Colts were the first two teams that, that got rumored with that, so we'll see. Um, I don't I don't think I think Sean's retired is going to stay retired but you asked for my dream hire. Hey, I asked for the dream hire. That's <laughs> what I asked for. Um okay. Uh what about quarterback? Who's dream case scenario right now? Dream case? Oh. The, uh, the guy over there that's a Raven right now. That's my Lamar dream Jackson. Case. Okay. Okay. Hey, listen, it, it's a shot. It's a shot. I mean, if you want a bigger dream, I could say Josh Allen, but that's not <laughs> happening. And let's okay. go even further. Let's go Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> There's if only, if only the Chiefs would even entertain that idea. I mean, it, the amount of teams that would say that you if they were allowed to have him like to take their first rounders for the next six or seven years and take that contract. You're telling me that every team except maybe one would do that. <laughs> so that's, that's very true. Um, okay. So a, so a, a, a player in the draft that would be dream case scenario that you can have on the Colts. Well, if we have the quarterback already under the, under the thing, um, I don't know the draft as well, but uh, man, if we could grab, is, is there a, a TJ water, a Nick Bosa style pass rusher? The, no, not that uh, special, but I do know Will Anderson is the number one uh, edge rusher in this draft for sure. But there'll be, there might be a couple more of them next year. Honestly, maybe, maybe, or, or, a, a, a Oh my God, left tackle guy. Um, there's a couple, there's a couple really solid ones in the first round. Uh, I know Peter Skaronsky and from Northwestern and Paris Johnson from Ohio state are the best two, uh, in the draft right now. They're going to be guaranteed number ones, but I would, I would maybe, you know, trade back like three or four spots, get a, uh, for somebody else's later first round pick and then grab your Anderson dude, you know, mm-hmm. as the backup, you know, later in the first yeah, round yeah. pick, right? Yeah. Uh, that would be dream situation and still get an end, whether it's a left tackle or a pass rusher. Yep. And so in regards to all free agents, like uh, we've already kind of talked about the quarterback, yeah. but is there a defensive player, an offensive player that is going to hit free agency that you would want to have? Oh my goodness. Oh, oh. That's because that's hey, listen, if I could, if I could, I would love to get Orlando Brown uh from the Chiefs, but of course that contract is gonna be uh it's gonna be very interesting to say the least. But hey, Marcus Peters is gonna be a uh free agent this year. Uh don't know about him. Uh Jesse Bates is going to be a free agent at safety. But then again, I don't know if we really need safety at this moment. Uh, uh, no, we're so deep at safety. Even if Rodney McLeod is not here next year, we're still you so could still, deep. Yeah, you'd safety. have Julian Blackman and Rodney Thomas at this point. They they run the show pretty well. 
Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. 100%. Um, let me give me a second. Let me look real quick. I haven't uh, really gotten a good, I've I understand your folks. I don't so give him a little bit. Yeah. Give him a I, little bit of time. <laughs> I don't want, look, I, I don't want Marcus Peters. Uh, he's been injury prone like crazy. So, and he's 30 years old. Yeah, so he's, yeah, he's getting he's older. <laughs> he's, yeah, exactly. Um, maybe Cam Sutton. Uh, Cam Sutton. Yeah, maybe. Um, but there's not a lot of guys out there right now off the top of my head. Uh, let me look here. This one. See what we got. Hey, I heard uh, Saquon Barkley's going to be a free agent after this year. So. <laughs> no have two amazing running backs on the roster and jonathan taylor and saquon if, if just we run the triple option the whole time <laughs> that would mess some teams up so bad you know it would <laughs> well yeah i mean come on um i'm still looking at because this is something that i wasn't expecting yeah, I kind of threw that one on. Yeah, I just didn't know if there was one guy that you would. Uh, oh, geez. Oh, have. oh, my. Mike Gusecki. Mike Gusecki. Oh, yeah, that would be that would be nice. Could I you? wanted him last year. Uh, obviously, the Dolphins used the franchise tag on him this last year. I don't think he's going to want to do it again. So I think we have game changing wide receivers if we get the right quarterback, right? Yeah. I, I do. I like our top three receivers. Um, here's here's the thing. Trade out Moali Cox for Mike Gusecki, and I am all on that because then I think 100%. we have amazing tight end room, right? Because oh Kylan God, Granson, yeah. Kylan Granson has just really exploded this year, and then he got hurt, right? Jelani yeah, Woods is getting better and better as time goes on. And then Mike Gusecki would just be uh the Oh the my god, yeah. Wow. Like Gasecki with Gasecki with Jelani. Oh my god. I, I'm surprised Dalton Schultz is gonna be a uh is gonna be a, a mm. free agent guy as well. But I, I'd imagine that Cowboys are probably gonna end up paying him. He's their second best weapon in that offense right now. So mm. all right. Well, uh, that's going to do it for this one, guys. It was a good episode. Uh, really appreciate Lawrence for stopping in today. I uh, didn't want to have to do this stream without somebody else being in here because, you know, you guys have heard me talk so much about my thoughts on what this offseason is going to go like. And it's nice to have a differing opinion on certain things. And I always respect Lawrence's uh, understanding of where he comes from. Cause he talks to a lot more people that are higher up than me. So I appreciate, uh, you coming on Lawrence and spreading some knowledge here for us. And Hey man, I hope that over this off season, we can have you on a lot more. Yeah, that'd be great. Um, are you just off the top? Are you, are you doing a uh, live game reaction today to any of the games? Uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I don't think I'll end up doing either. Um, I might end up, I could potentially do one for the last game, but that's, that's, that's what it. I'm, I've already got one set up. I'm, I'm going to be doing the Jags, the, the Jags title. Oh, nice. Game. Yeah. Nice. Me and Lloyd, I don't, I so. don't think I would. Cause I, I'm just going to end up if I'm, if I do end up watching the football games, especially the last one, I'll probably just watch it. I don't think I would stream it. All right. All right. 
But yeah, this was fun. And 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 someone in the chat just said that Paris Campbell's a bust. You must be out of your mind. I think you're just a I, hater, is what you yeah. is. When healthy, I think he's the best receiver we have on our team. Uh, yeah, literally. Uh, it, the, the amount of missed opportunities for a Paris Campbell this year because we didn't have competent quarterback play, y'all are oh, y'all are crazy. Oh my goodness! Especially yeah. since he played all year, he never got hurt, yeah. and there was a good point that it, for about three weeks, Paris Campbell was the best wide receiver on our team, and it wasn't even close. He's sixth in the NFL in yards per separation per route. Sixth. Sixth, y'all. He hasn't lost a step at all with the fact that for how many surgeries he's had on his lower on his lower body, and he's still doing that. He's he's yeah, it's, it's ridiculous. He's he's easily you know our most. He needs to be resigned player. over the and and, it, and it's not like he doesn't show that he he can make. I mean, there was that one game he was making catches in traffic over and over and over and over, getting oh, 100%. hammered. You know, so yeah, uh, I I feel like. Paris Campbell needs resigned, and I think we can get him cheap because his first three years was so injury riddled. You know, we when I say cheap, like six to eight million dollars. Yeah, six that's, to eight million. That's yeah. that's cheap for a, a good wide receiver. That's way cheap. You know? Oh yeah, you give him a one year <laughs> deal with six million or six or seven million. You give him an incentive that says, hey, if you play, you know. 15, six, 15 plus games, then we'll give you like another million or two in incentives. And then, you know, you're going to get a healthy player next year and then you can sign him to a, a better extension. You Absolutely. know, I mean, that's, that is what it is. Sorry. I had to bring that up because I saw some people. In no, it's chat. all good. It's all good. Um, no, I, I, you know, me as, as a Buckeye fan myself and as a proud partner of wanting my Buckeyes to succeed in the NFL, I have a very good connection with Paris Campbell and I do not want anyone mess mess with him. I just hope that we re-sign Taekwon in Paris and their injury history is done. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's what I'm I'm hoping for. Yeah. 581 yards this year contract year for a second rounder by far his best year bust bro the, you you literally take that as if we had a quarterback throwing the football year or or we the fact that he was he was literally open on almost every stinking you know like literally 75 i can of the i can show you a highlight through. reel of matt ryan taking a sack for no reason at all and paris campbell being open on the route a hundred percent. Oh, I plan on doing that. This, this, offseason. please do. I want to share it. I want to upload it to the channel and give you credit and say, if y'all think this is a bust, then you're looking at the wrong position, right? <laughs> Seriously. All right. right. Well, that's going to do it for this one, guys. Uh, thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you for the turnout over 200 people in here at one point. Fantastic. Uh, hope you guys have a great rest of your weekend. And as always guys go Colts. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. 
Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.